the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast, Quarantined. We're socially distanced, but we're coming straight into your ear holes from our respective houses. We're down a man today, but we still love you. I just want to put that out there that this podcast me, me too. loves you. You do, Justine? You want to put that out there? Yeah, you should probably tell them that too, just in case he forgets. Who's that? Uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we're not talking about Patrick. We're talking about the audience. Oh, I miss you guys, too. Oh, well, we love you, too, Justine. That's great. That was a, What a nice misunderstanding. That was a real Three's Company situation that turned out for the best. I like that. That was a little misunderstanding. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been We've waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Who sang that, John? Who sang the Three's Company theme? Three's I don't know. It's probably the guy that... Probably a guy that did the love boat. <laughs> no, the love boat was Jack Jones. The love uh, boat. You're right. You're right. There you go. How about that? How do I know that? I have no idea. But uh, which would you John, which would you rather wow. watch? The love boat or Three's Company? Which would which would you rather go with? Neither. I know you hate Mark them both. Jonathan Davis sang it. Oh, really? Uh, the Three's Company theme. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know who that is. What else? Was- Coming knock on our door. Coming knock on our door. When I was a kid, John, when I was a, when I was a real little kid, I thought the main yeah. characters of the show sang the song. So I thought that that yeah. was I thought that that was Jack Tripper, John Ritter singing, <laughs> yeah. singing that song. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know who. <laughs> I don't know who I thought sang the theme song for. Uh, for Love Boat, because there's no one on there. Maybe Doc? Who would be the it most... Was Doc. It, it was Doc. Probably Doc, <laughs> in his bathrobe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John, John, now, let me ask you this. You're not a big fan of Three's Company as far as comedy, but, I mean, you weren't even watching it for Suzanne Summers like everyone else was? Oh, yeah, I watched it. Uh, you know, yeah, of course, she had her charms, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But, um... Everybody said the same thing. This isn't a great show, but watching uh, John Ritter do all those pratfalls was pretty cool. Yeah, he was a great physical comedian. I mean, he was... And I always thought, gee, it, it's too bad he's not on a better show, because he's he's obviously pretty good, you know? Yeah. Uh, fantastic. The great John Ritter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You betcha. Mm-hmm. I love Boat, though. You got all those You got all those stars of yesteryear. You got your, yep. Don, you got your Donald O'Connells and your... And your Donald O'Connor's and your and your Van Johnsons on that show. So, and your Dor- your Dorothy Lamores. Uh, yeah, was Dorothy Lamore on that show? Everybody was on that show. Uh, what about a ginger? You know what- the story. <laughs> What's that? What, what about a Ginger Rogers? I think everybody of a certain age did that show. Either they're on their way up or they're on their way down. Everybody did that show. Jake, I'm going to have you, since but, you're our computer guy today, Jake's here, Justine's here, John's here. Uh, no Patrick today. That's what I was getting to at the start of the show before we got here. But, but I'm going to have Patrick, uh, I'm going to have Jake get on his clicky keyboard like Patrick would. Uh, yes, sir. Jake, see if you can come up with a, like a partial guest list of the more notable stars who were on the, uh, the Love Boat. Just put most notable guest stars, Love Boat. Whatever. On Love Boat. On Love Boat. Yeah. What were you going to say, John? I cut you off there. You know, um, they were always 
they were always trying to get Orson Welles to do it. Ooh. And um, what happened was, um, what's that? Christy Alley. They, um, on her way up. See, you were either like really new and nobody knew who you were, or you were like super old and it was like your last. And, and so what, you know? what happened with the Orson Welles? Like, I got to know the end of the story. Well, uh, oh, they were always trying to get him to do the love boat. And, you know, he would do just about anything because um, he was always trying to raise money for his next movie. So he'd do, you know, he'd do Merv Griffin or he'd do wine commercials or whatever. He'd do just about anything. But he said, I've got to draw the line on the love boat. He says, I want them to be able to put on my um, on my tombstone. At least he didn't do the love boat. <laughs> <laughs> and he never did it. He never did. They offered him quite a bit of money. So I just can't do it. So, but my God, he did everything else. He did laughing. He did, uh, you know, those Dean Martin roasts. He did just about everything. Sock it to me, John. Sock it to me. No, I want you to say sock it to me like, like uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> sock it to me. Sock it to me. Sock it to me. Best love boat guest star. Jeez wow. Louise, who's the number one? Go. Let's let's skip to the top ten. Oh. There's that list. It doesn't actually list everything. It's just talking about a bunch of the guests. Okay, name some. Oh, here we go. Let's do this. Uh, we got some Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, very, wow, very nice. Uh, Vanessa Williams is on there. What we got? A, we got a Sunny Bono. Very nice. Okay, so that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Before you two. Florence Henderson. Of course. You got Tony Danza. Uh, Danza, all right. Uh, uh, Miss Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. I need some big stars. I need some big. See, these are the up and comers. There you go. There you go. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Gene Kelly. Who? Ernest Borgnine. (gasps) Is that the one where the the love boat flipped upside down? Is that the one? Uh, it doesn't say. It just says the name. I have fifty-six people on here. Okay, keep Let's hear them. Uh, some Joan Rivers. Uh-huh. Cloris Leachman. Uh-huh. Um, J- Jackson. Who? Who? Janet what? Jackson. Oh, Janet Jackson. Okay. David Hasselhoff. Okay, no, that's. I need big, big, like Gene Frank Kelly Sinatra. love. There you go, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. Wait a minute, Sinatra did a Love Boat. Frank Sinatra Jr. <laughs> George. Oh, Kennedy. it wasn't. It, it wasn't Frank Sinatra. It was right. Um, the Temptations were on there. Wow. And you got uh, Vincent Price. Mmm. And of course, Roddy McDowell is Acres. Mm-hmm. And of course, my Ricky legs, Martin. Sir. Who? Ricky Martin. <laughs> wow. And Kathy Bates. <laughs> Wow. They must have been very young, both of them. <laughs> Vincent Price, that would have been great. Winning guest stars, huh? Yeah. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of people on there. How about that? How about that? I think you're right, Mario. I'm sure I'm sure Van Johnson and Ginger Rogers, I'm positive they did that show. What about uh what about Lucille Ball? Lucille Ball ever turned up on the love boat? I don't know. Like that late Lucille Ball when she had the Patty and Selma voice. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
tell Captain Stooping I want to see him upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you say Jim Fontaine? Oh, there we go. There you go. Yeah. Isaac, Isaac, make me a pink lady. And a drink, too. Hey. George Kennedy? Who? George Kennedy? No. Mm. Wow. There you go. Donna Reed. You got Ginger Rogers. There you go. Donna Reed. You got it. Trevor, Paul Williams. Wow. I'm going to have to watch them all again. <laughs> Quite Next on the love boat. Hey, listen those those Mexican uh, those divers in Acapulco were the only Mexicans on TV for a long time. So <laughs> that and Mr. Rourke. Oh, good. Mm. Mm, hello. Yep. Every week went to Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. Yep. Sunny Puerto Vallarta, Acapulco. Love they it. should do a revival of the love boat where everyone's just stuck on board with the uh, the virus. <laughs> Next on the love boat. Because, you know, I was thinking about those poor people that are stuck on there. After a while, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's only closed circuit TV, right? So they have like whatever channel is on the – and a lot of the stuff that's on the TV on the ships is whatever. Like you can watch the stuff that's going on on the ship live in the in the cabin. Yeah. So if it's like a show or a band or whatever, you you can watch it on TV in your room, you know, in your in your yeah. cabin. So uh, yeah, uh, after a while you run out of stuff. I mean, it's not like you have your you know, it's not like being stuck at home where you have your DVD library or streaming services or whatever, your books or your board games or puzzles or what have you. You're stuck on literally whatever they have on the ship to entertain you, and that's it. And that's only good for a week. Some people didn't have a window. They said people that had a a window or a porthole or a maybe a little balcony. They were they could at least get some air, but they said some of these people were just stuck, you know, like in a ten by ten room, you know. Yikes. That would put the zap on your head after a while. That is like being You'd be you'd be playing a you'd be playing a lot of poker, I think. If you had a deck of cards, you'd be playing a lot of a poker. lot of yeah, making up games. A lot of fifty two pickup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you guys are yeah. still doing well. I'm I'm glad to hear everyone's doing well. Uh, Justine, you sound you're in fine voice today, Justine. <laughs> nice. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was the most low key thanks I've ever heard in my life. It was all tee thanks. I think. <laughs> Justine, you're in kind of a weird mood. Are you okay? Yeah, fine. Are you sure? Weird. Hey, Justine. <laughs> Justine, open your open your present. Oh yeah, oh, yeah you, I have it in the other room. Yeah, we, we'll wait for you. <laughs> I we'll, put it. I took it away from my site so I wouldn't open it. All right, we'll wait while okay. you go get it. And because uh, every time I open, I go to that room. I'm like, oh, I should open that. No. Can we have some? Uh, can we have some opening the present music, please, Paul? When I when I got your message, I thought that's great. It's like Mario always says, save it for the show. Yeah, save it for the show. <laughs> Let, let's go. Okay. So, a little traveling music. Came in a fancy box and everything. Wow. It's a fraggle on it. There we go. Take a picture of that. Notice. Take a picture of it. Obi, come on. Come on. Are you wandering around the house? 
Now, no, this, I had to go to a different room. Now, for those of you following along at home, uh, John bought Justine a present for her birthday, which was when, Justine? March 20th. March 20th. Mark your calendars. We all said a nice happy birthday to Justine. I think we yeah, did. Yeah, and I, I picked I think I picked that up like <laughs> like the first of March, <laughs> so it's been it had definitely been uh, sitting around a while. <laughs> um, okay. And Patrick is not there to take a picture. Patrick's not there to take a picture of your face. Video or something, but yeah. all right. Oh well, we'll have to imagine. You could do a selfie. Uh, describe what's walk us through what you're what's going on right now in, the, in there. Just I'm trying to open the box without ruining it, so I cut through the sides. I cut a slit through. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to close this knife, so Patrick's gonna have to figure that out when he gets home. <laughs> he gets all the fancy knives. I don't know how to close it, so it's his fault. Yeah, make sure he doesn't well, sit on the it. box cutter. <laughs> Look how it opens, and then do the opposite. Good advice, Jake. I don't remember. <laughs> that's good I advice. Remember. Uh, you're either going to... Oh. That's a great... Are you kidding me? Someone's oh happy. Oh, my God. Who is it? That's a good response. <laughs> oh, thanks, John. Is it Clint Eastwood? Is it... Who is it? Oh, so you my God. Tell us I don't what, have... You don't have that on vinyl, vinyl, right? No. T- tell us what it is. Oh, my God. It's um the Spice Girls album. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. It's on vinyl. Yes. This is Spice World. Do you have a turntable? Do you have a turntable? Yes. Great. Great. Uh, If you don't, it's a great artifact. (laughs) Have you not seen Patrick dressed like a hipster? Of course they have a turntable. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm glad you don't have it. more to it. Oh. Yeah, there's another package. There's package number two. Blend it into the... (laughs) Oh, John is... Uh, I guess open the card. Open the card first, I guess, because... uh, I think it explains what's in the second package. John is a great gift giver, by the way. For if you're listening at home and you are ever lucky enough to get a gift from John, he is very thoughtful. Yeah, I'm surprised, John. Got, so I'm guessing you ordered it because you didn't want to go pick it up. <laughs> no, you know what happened? Uh, Lovell's had it on the shelf. It just came in. It was like a record store day thing. And I said, oh, I know somebody who's going to want this. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy for that. Yeah, Lovell's had it. Yeah. Whoa, it's yelling at me. Oh, you write in caps. <laughs> John writes in, oh, I, yeah. John writes like, in all caps. It's like, yeah. it's like Matt Groening. Yeah, it's not like texting. It's just the way I write. Yeah, it's, I was like, he's yelling at me. Mm, that's like Charlie Brown. It's all caps. You know? Oh, man. Should I wait for Patrick so when I open the other one? Uh, just now, open it now. We can at least get an audio response. <laughs> okay. And then he can already- listen at your response. I'm already so it's, happy um, about my Spice Girls album. Oh, it's well, great. I'm really glad. I thought maybe yeah. you've already got it, you know? <laughs> you're, you're, you're about to get even Not happier. Why? Do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mario. Mario knows what this is. I told him this morning. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's... It is not. It's in there kind of... Th- it's... Uh, no, it's not. Hold on. What is it's it? It's like the tape. I'm trying to be really gentle because I know it's taped all the way like close to it. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's um, it barely fit that envelope, so you just oh have to really pull God. it out. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? 
Wait, let me read this card again. Hold on. <laughs> nope. Okay. Yeah, that's a, what you said. It's a warning. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, first a warning. Why do I have the fanciest picture right now? John, will you please tell us what the second thing is? Oh my god. It's a um, it's a full color photo of Bogart smiling, and he's showing all his teeth. He's showing he's, all his teeth. He's in a white suit. With a black tie. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing all white and he has a black tie. Oh. It makes you love him even oh more, doesn't God, it? I'm like crying right now. John, did you it's see... Ridiculous. John, it's, very rare, it's very rare you see a picture of Bogart smiling, showing all his teeth like that. <laughs> that was something I never he's expected. Pretty- <laughs> <laughs> um, that's from a... Uh, that's from a bookstore in Hollywood called Larry Edmonds. They've been there since the 30s. And he's got a great big box of uh, posters and lobby cards and photos. And uh, most Bogart photos are in black and white, and he's just lo- sort of looking sullen. This is full color, showing all his teeth. <laughs> it's definitely color. Which we know oh Justine loves Bogart's smile. That's, that's <laughs> I'm so glad I opened it in this order. <laughs> yeah. That's why I packaged it like that. <laughs> John, did you oh did you do what you normally do and sign the uh did you personalize the picture from Bogart? You know what? I was going to do it. I was going to write Justine, here's looking at you kid, love bogey. But I thought, you know, I don't want to ruin I don't want to ruin the photo. It's kind of a good photo, you know. It is. It's very fancy. That's why I said this is the fanciest photo. Ugh. It's printed on photo paper and it's huge. John, and then it, has and then it, nice, <laughs> it has this nice protective, um, I don't know what you call this, like sleeve. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it wouldn't have fit into fancy. a. Uh, do me a favor, Justine. Anyway, so I thought. <laughs> Justine, do me it a favor the and size take a. of my torso almost. Take a picture of that wow. and send it to us so we can throw it up on Twitter and let the audience see what that picture looks like. I will. I'm pretty sure this is the size of my torso. Oh my God. That made me laugh so hard when, when he told me. <laughs> John Sandy, you have to hang it up now. John Sandy would oh used to love. John Sandy loves to send you pictures of people that you might not like. I always hate Nigel Bruce because he's the he's the worst Watson ever, and he's mm-hmm. you know like this bumbling idiot and all the old uh, and everybody loves him and I hate it. And so one day for my birthday, I get a photo. I get a photo, dear Mario, your from your old pal Nigel Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> And it's and you so, got a Kay Kaiser too. Yeah. Oh my God, it's the best. It makes you laugh because it's someone that you you you've you've mentioned that you have a disdain for, and he'll he'll send you their headshot with a personalized. <laughs> it's great. Always a little note from I, them. Yeah, I just have some weird feelings right now that happened. <laughs> Are you in love? Like a super high and like a super what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was by design. I thought, how do I package this so you open the Spice Girls first? What an emotional yeah, that was the first one I saw. What an emotional roller coaster you've been on. That really was a ride. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Justine, on the Spice World uh-huh. soundtrack, is it just uh-huh. like were there original songs for the movie or was it just like a greatest hits? Uh no, Spice World is just an album, and then they put some songs in there. So it didn't. They didn't have a. Did they have a soundtrack? I don't think they did. Let me check it. 
And uh, is Roger Moore on that soundtrack anywhere? <laughs> That's my tie with James Bond. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the one time you like Roger Moore is in that movie. <laughs> There's a new magazine up at work, and it says Bond, like, top Bond films. And it has a picture of, like, all the different Bonds on there, and they're all posed. And it yeah, so I got weird. it. I got, oh, I got that I magazine. <laughs> I saw it like two days ago. I'm like, why is this haunting me? I love it. I've got it. I've got it. I've been flipping through it. It's pretty good because it gives you all the, uh, it goes movie by movie, you know? We're going to watch them all. No, you said not all of them. We're going to even watch the Pierce Brosnan ones. I'm I'm lowering my standards. Every (laughs) single one. We should just uh, skip to the Daniel Craig. We're going to watch Hook. We're going to watch. Yes. Mm hmm. Justine, you, you, know you should do. You should make us watch the uh, one with Woody Allen and uh, and uh, David Niven and and Orson Welles and Peter Sellers. Yeah, man, what a flop, huh? What a what a stink. Well, that'd be uh, almost. In, it's it's like unwatchable. That movie is almost unwatchable. In the words of uh, King Kaiser, "What a stink burger." <laughs> you know what Orson Welles said about that movie. He said the reason it made so much money was it was a great poster. Everybody went because the poster was so great. <laughs> wow, I didn't. Was it good? Was it a good poster? You remember the poster? It was like a silhouette of a girl in a bikini holding two guns. Oh, that's with right. The credits. That's the credits right. Painted on her back. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I was right. There's no album for the Spice World album for the Spice Girls movie. Oh, so it's just a bunch of their what? songs in there. Yeah, they've only they only released three albums. Wow! And now you have one. They released three <laughs> albums in the two years they were popular. That's pretty amazing. Ninety six, ninety seven, so, and then they broke up at two thousand. Wow! Did you know that um, the Colonel? Did you know that the Colonel Sanders um, KFC account only follows five people, or it only? It only follows eleven oh, the spices, eleven people. Yeah. yeah, it's the five yeah. Spice Girls and six people named uh, uh, Herb. <laughs> and one person, I guess one person. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard one person pointed it out. It's like, oh, you're you're following eleven herbs and spices, and they painted a picture. They sent him. They sent this guy a portrait of himself. Riding Colonel Sanders back, holding a chicken, a drumstick, like a KFC drumstick. Jesus, that was his prize for getting that right. That's, oh my God, that's disturbing. I don't know if that's true. Well, we'll never see it now. The Twitter's getting shut down. I'm really bummed out, guys. In case you didn't know, uh, Twitter is getting shut see- shut down by the president. He uh, wants to shut oh. down all social media. Freedom uh, speech. <laughs> He wants to what shut a baby. He wants to what shut down all social baby. media because they criticized him. Hey, uh, you know that doesn't sound like a dictator. <laughs> he really puts. Uh, he really what put. A, what a baby. He puts. Twitter the, lets him say whatever he wants for three and a half years, and the first time they do a fact check, he loses his shit. And if you oh. listen, if you're telling the truth, what do you have to worry about? <laughs> Bingo. That's, that's it. If you have, if you're telling the truth, who cares if we get fact, fact check me? That's fine. Fact check me. That's fine. It won't. It doesn't bother me. But no, he gets a fit. 
It's got to shut down social media. That doesn't, you know, he puts the dick in dictator, by the way. Hello. That's right. His personal valet gets the virus. How come he can't get it? The guy that fixes his drinks, you know, how come he can't get it? I explained this to you, John. He's a comic book villain. So he will not mm. get it. He's he's just you know he's I not see. you know he's not going to get it. That's how the universe works, man. You know he's not going to get it. So why can't he let off a little steam? I love it, guys. <laughs> listen, hold on. Taking a vitamin. Huh? Is somebody eating pistachios? Not I. Ah. Sounded like Jake was guilty. <laughs> I took like a, no. I was thinking of I was thinking of vitamin. A vitamin. A vitamin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A vitamin pill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was delicious. Make sure you got that. Yeah, guys. Uh, listen, it's time for your new favorite podcast about movies, the Digital Movie Club. Are you ready? Yes. Yantan. 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 Da 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 You're in the club. It's the Digital Movie Club, guys. Nobody, yes, nobody so gets sad. into the, nobody gets into that when when Patrick's not here. Patrick's so, here. It's so sad. Well, it's very confusing when you do it. Why? Why? Because you can't tell if you're gonna say it or if you're. You, oh, you want to you want to really go? Yantan, yantan. Too long. Yantan. You're in the club. That was a tribute to Patrick. That's it. That was pretty good. Is the kitty okay? Scared the kitty. Um, I don't know. She's scared. So she's gonna go hide somewhere. Go hide under some furniture or something. Boy, guys, it was a it was a it was a subtitle week here at the at the old Digital Movie Club. We we're 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 exploring we're exploring the exotic lands of the Far East, Asian cinema, guys, from two two very different parts of the Far East and uh, uh, two very different sensibilities, but both uh, uh, two actually very famous directors, and one more famous as a as an auteur director, and one more famous as sort of a uh, a director star. Uh, so, which would you like to tackle first, guys? You want to go with uh, the police story by Jackie Chan, or do you want to go with Kurosawa's take on King Lear in Ron? What would you guys like to do first? I'm open Should to probably do Ron last. Yeah. You feel like there's more to unpack there? I feel like there is. Oh yeah. Okay. It's well, a monster. Well, let's go with uh, Jackie Chan's police story. One of my favorite Jackie Chan movies. Uh, and uh, Jake, give us the breakdown on the numbers there. Breakdown, uh, Police Story, directed and starring Jackie Chan, released uh, December 14th, 1985. Uh, let's see, we got uh, 7.6 on IMDb and a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm getting a bunch of different numbers here for the overall grossing on box office, because IMDb says it made 113000 gross, and then it said box office, it made $22 million. Okay, well, the, yeah, that could be because you have, like, different... It's released in different areas, so, like, Hong Kong gets one number, American distribution, and then you have 
like total box office since it was released. So it's really hard to keep track of some of the foreign numbers sometimes. But uh, yeah, because it grossed three million in Hong Kong, Taiwan. It made uh, about seven hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Those numbers. And Korea made one point one million. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Well, there's like five different nations. No matter where that. you in Hong Kong, this was a huge hit. So, and this really kind of propelled uh, Jackie Chan into like he was already big, but this kind of pushed him into like superstardom uh, in uh, Hong Kong, and uh, it kind of opened a new. He was already we've already watched Project A, and there was already things like Armor of the Gods, but this really kind of pushed him into like the you know. Now he's doing more directing and he's, you know, taking more control and getting the productions are getting bigger and more complex. And so this is kind of a, opens a new era for him, this mid eighties that lasts for about a about a good ten years where he's he's on a like a really incredible run, uh putting out a lot of uh great great movies. So had you or Justine or John, you hadn't seen this one either. No. Uh Jake and, and Justine, had you seen this one before? Not at all. Uh, I feel like I've seen pieces of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Let's start with you, Justine. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, you want to talk about let's it? Let's talk about it. I know you're a big Jackie Chan guy. Uh, how did you feel about watching? Did you watch this subtitled or was your version dubbed? Uh, mine was dubbed. And uh, was it Jackie? Some of them have Jackie Chan doing the dubbing, and some of it is another no. character. Yeah, it's another. No, it's not him. It's another character. Yeah, yeah, another. Guy. I watched some of it in Cantonese, and then I was like, I can't do this, so I just dubbed it. I can't have too many movies where it's all subtitles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't. I just needed a break. I just needed a break. Well, you know, Ron is more challenging. It's three hours in Japanese, and it's very heavy. So you know, you, you feel like with a Jackie Chan movie, you can get away with the dubbing because it's a light movie. Although there are uh, there were moments where it was a little more. Uh, intense you know what i mean yeah if you know what i mean uh so let's talk about it how did you feel about uh let's talk about that opening scene for you where let, let's set the table uh what how did you feel emotionally watching that opening scene the opening scene yes which was in the little shanty town oh yeah 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 when they're describing everything that's happening yes um yeah, it was cheesy, and <laughs> what, what, I don't know. What do you mean it was cheesy? That was very serious. <laughs> this is like the serious Jackie Chan movie we've seen. <laughs> At the end of the movie, I was honestly like, why did he have to hit that to break his fall? Or does he need it for the impact of, like, this is what's happening, and... Action, action, action. What are you talking about? Or what are you talking about? Just everything where he's breaking and falling into everything. He's like flipped into everything. Oh, you mean the... Um, everyone. The outtake. The outtake. No, him and everyone. Like everything he flipped into, I'm like, well, he could have just hit that part, but then... His back had to hit that glass. No, you got to make it... You got to make it look her. real. You got to make... You got to sell it. It's all about the showman. Even when he like... Even when he falls at the mall, um, he falls over like this... Um, uh, what is that called? The gazebo? Yes, the gazebo. Oh, when he fell through that like, thing? Is that necessary? <laughs> and just lands on his back? Like the one yeah, where he, he like, did I honestly felt bad for his back. That's yeah, crazy. they want you to show that he's, uh, they're getting really beat up for that. They're not fooling around. Yeah. 
Yeah. I've never you know, heard somebody. I've never heard somebody watch a, a Jackie Chan movie and say, "Was that really necessary?" <laughs> 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 well, that's the whole point. Too much for me, but um, I mean, I'm used to a Jackie Chan movie, so I know how he moves. <laughs> yes. And I've seen a lot of his movies. Like, I feel like around this time. So I'm, I, I don't know. I think it all blended. That's why I'm not sure if I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And he's, well, this is kind of him in his prime, though. He's very young. He's doing. He's yeah. Very quick. Very quick. Very handsome. Very the great, great. A lot of a lot of physicality. A lot of running, jumping. A lot of stunts. But a lot of at first it seems like it's going to be a very serious movie, and then it goes. In the, the like the second act is all this like wacky, this like wacky oh, yeah, sitcom, with the, girl. the sitcom with a girl and his girlfriend and the the witness he's trying to protect. Uh, when he's at the police station, he's answering all the phones. I'm like, this is the stupidest part of the movie, but I love it. It's funny. Yeah, it's just him he's being picking up. He's like, when did you get raped? It doesn't matter <laughs> that you lost your cow. <laughs> like all the different things. Um, I don't know how I felt about this movie. <laughs> What do you mean you don't know? How do you not know? know. It's just a Jackie Chan movie, so... Wait, wait, wait. wait, Were you entertained? Was it entertaining? A Jackie Chan movie. I was entertained, but yeah, I just didn't understand why we had to get hit that much, but... That's his style. (laughs) That's his style, and I get that. Because Kung Fu. Because he was fighting organized crime, that's why. That's like watching Enter the Dragon and saying, is all this violence necessary? <laughs> Did you have to hit him that hard? Yeah. Isn't that a little over the top with the claws and all that? Is all the yelling? I, okay, I did hard? like the story. I thought the story was good. Mm-hmm. They, give you, um, they give you a little comedy. They give you a little courtroom procedural. They give you a little, like, you know, you get to see the... The, the old British justice system inside Hong Kong and yeah. everybody wearing wigs. Right down to the wigs. Yeah. He's <laughs> looking for John Cleese. That always trips me wigs. out. That always trips me out when I watch these movies from like this era of like 90s Hong Kong. There's almost always a courtroom scene. And I was like, wow, they really did. They because adopted- it's a British. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they adopted the system. It's crazy. Uh, okay. Let's go. Let's skip over to Jake. Who who might understand why there's so much punching in a Jackie Chan movie, uh, Jake? <laughs> I really, I really don't. I really don't. I don't get it. Jake, what did you think of uh, Police Story? Having not seen it before, uh, I actually thought this is one of the best Jackie Chan movies we've seen so far, at least story wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I an actual was, there's an actual story. Actual an actual story that isn't stitched together just to accommodate a bunch of fight scenes. Mm-hmm. And actually had a cohesive story that was fun to follow and yeah. interesting characters and yeah it was good I yeah. liked it uh, and did you Although, like the did you like the stunts the stunts were great I feel like it's a little bit more lax on stunts as compared to his other movies because mm-hmm. about yeah the second act you're just kind of devoid of most uh, of like of most of the action he does throw in one nice little fight scene when they're trying to kidnap the uh, the witness and uh, he, when he hits the baby carriage you get that whole sequence well, with the two cars oh yeah that's true yeah but they, they pepper it but, but it's still funny enough that you're paying attention and that you're not bored yeah mm-hmm. right yeah. but 
solid. Um, and, and I watched the dub too, and his his character's name was Jackie Chan. In the <laughs> dub. A lot of times, this character's name was I think it's supposed to be Kevin. I watched the Cantonese version, and it was um, he had the original he had his his name, and it, but it was Chan. It was like Police Detective Chan, I think, is what it was. Um, um, it says his name is um, Chan Kakui. Yes, Kakui. That was. Kakui. So, which, I guess sounds like Jackie Chan. Oh, which Kakui? Which um, which? That's is, what they said whenever you read the subtitles. That's what I saw. Is it was Jackie? Okay. Uh, yeah, because I like um, in the dubs because they always have Maggie Chan going Jackie. Um, well, I watched it dubbed, and I had the English subtitles on because you know how they say different words. Mm-hmm. So I was watched it that way. That's right. <laughs> All right, John yeah. Sandy, you're up, buddy. What did you think, Jackie Chan? Police story. Let's talk about it. Oh, yeah, this looks, I mean, I haven't seen as many Jackie Chans as you have, but this looks like it might be one of his best because uh, you got about four different set pieces that are just huge. Um, with most American movies, one of those set pieces would have been what you would have hung the whole movie on, you know? Sure. Yeah, you start out with that the, uh, crazy. That, that, what's that? I said you start out with that crazy chase in the uh, in the little shanty town. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. That would have been, think about, uh, that could have been the finale of a movie, much less the beginning, you know, uh, driving through that shanty town. That was just insane. Oh, by the way, and, um, by the way, uh, Stallone stole the, uh, the, the bus gag uh, from this for the beginning of Tango and Cash. They stole that. Oh, is that right? So at the beginning of Tango and Cash, yeah, he stops a bus with a revolver, just the way uh, Jackie Chan does it. So Tango. it's, um, it's funny. Uh, he had a little interview where he said um, most people in America didn't know who he was, but all these big American stars kept talking about him when they were interviewed. He said Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Burt Reynolds, they would all mention his name. And so he said that's how his name got around uh, oh. before he started doing American movies, because he said all these big stars were mentioning Jackie Chan. And people, he said most average Americans were like, well, who's Jackie Chan? How come they keep talking about him? You know? Yeah. Uh... So he said that kind of grease the wheels kind of grease the way you know you can see why but, um you can see why yeah and he even said uh he said um he was in a theater in hong kong he said burt reynolds came to hong kong to see this movie he was the only person in the theater jackie chan said he was sitting about three rows behind him and burt reynolds was the only one in the theater uh they they ran it just for him like a private wow. screening wow and he said it was amazing because he says uh, his reactions were great watching the back of his head Every time something happened, he was just reacting like, like, whoa, how'd they do that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. So he said that was pretty flattering, you know. That's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I love – my favorite is all the stuff on the bus. That whole sequence is just uh, just beautiful, beautifully choreographed. And, uh, God, when they, when they stop the bus and they all smash out the windows in front of them, that's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> just a great stunt. Yeah, they fall. They they they. Uh, apparently, they were not supposed to. Apparently, that was kind of an accident. They kept in. Um, they weren't supposed to fly out like that. And I think later later on during the outtakes, you see they they do stop and nobody comes out. So uh, apparently, uh-huh. they they weren't uh, maybe supposed to fly out like that. Or I well, think what, I think maybe they were supposed to hit the car, and I think they fell that's short. It. He, he, he said they were supposed to hit the hood. And the top of the car, and when it didn't happen, they just said, "Well, we're running." You know, they don't have all the money in the world. They said, "We'll just have to use what we got." <laughs> Man, I and he can't... said, "When those guys, 
when they hit the ground, he could hear them just like groaning for real. You know, he's like, they're still rolling. He says, nobody cuts until I say cut. And he could hear every one of them groaning when they hit the ground. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, then he does that. He does that crazy stunt. He runs a guy into the wall with a motorcycle and then uh, yeah. he jumps down the pole with all of the uh, bulbs still oh, attached to it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a great one. And there's no gloves. I don't even know how. <laughs> you yeah, I mean, I guess he burned his hands because that was, I guess it was supposed to be battery. Uh, they were supposed to keep all the lights on with batteries and it wouldn't work. So they had to do it with full voltage. So I don't know how he lived through that stunt because that's, I guess he's really <laughs> getting zapped the whole way down. He's a superhero, John. That's how he lived. Jackie Chan. He's, he's a resilient man. <laughs> he is, dude. And you see that. And, you know, it's amazing. Um, like you said earlier, it's amazing how fast he is. When you watch just the just the general fighting, the ducking and bobbing and weaving and jumping, it's amazing how fast he is. He really is like a superhero for real. He's, you just, uh, I mean, it's all it's all choreographed, but you can't believe somebody can move that fast. It's it's insane and, how um, effortless. There's the one scene where he he just jumps the fence and just like hops the wall, like bounces off the wall and hops over, and he does it so quick and effortlessly. You're just like, wow, how does he do that? But I love that's what I love about the, the the outtakes is that he shows you. No, we get hurt, and it's like we do this because we we practice it. You know what I mean? It's really kind of he kind of pulls the now, curtain where, back. Mario, you you, uh, you told me once where he got the idea. Was it from the Cannonball Run movies? The idea of showing all the outtakes afterward. Yeah, that's where he got it from. Yeah, from from the Cannonball yeah. Run movies. Yeah, he liked that idea of them doing outtakes. Well, you made me a um, years ago. You made me a clip reel of all his best stunts. And I, I'd say, you know, a, a fourth of that tape was stunts from this movie. And what did I call so, that tape, John? Chantastic. <laughs> you, uh, you did a great job. You did a great job putting it all together in one clip reel. Uh, but I recognized a lot of the stunts from this particular movie. Yeah, this, so this, this, I guess this has got to be a high water mark movie. This movie is heavy, heavy on the action for sure. But well done. Yeah. And uh, Jackie Chan is his stunts. He is the star of, as far as you know his stunt work and and his physicality. But also, I love that he just will do silly comedy. You know, the whole thing with his with the birthday cake and then the friend dressing up to come in and try to get the girl, and they do that whole shtick you know very very funny physical comedy um yeah you can tell you can tell he's a fan of the keaton and uh chaplin stuff you can just tell from, yeah uh, it, that he's a fan because uh, uh the way he his body uh you know his body language and just his choreography is just gorgeous it's just beautiful yeah know? and uh, i love that they, they're not afraid to go broad with some stuff you know sometimes it's just very silly yeah. and but it works and it you works. buy it it well, does work. Well, it's weird that it's in the same movie. He's got all those comedy bits in the same movie, but he has an emotional ending. It's really a crazy emotional ending. You yeah, know? where he like kidnaps um, his captain, and he's like, "I'll blow his head off. I'm sick of this." And he has like yeah. a moment where he snaps. You know, I, I, and that was. Very- I got to ask you a question. It, it it ends in a kind of a weird spot. It goes straight into the next uh, the next movie. It kind of ends in a weird place. You yeah, know? yeah. They just end with him, like you know, you don't know. If he just decides to take justice into what? his own hands, and then the movie's over. It's kind of weird. Happen? Yeah. Well, we'll find out in Police Story Two. How about that? Well, does it pick up? Does it does it pick up right where the other one left off? Uh, you see the aftermath, like you see that he's. I think I think you see that you know, but he's you know he's back yeah. on it's Police Story Two, so you know he's a cop again. 
So, uh, you know, yeah. well, but uh, that's because a good... you're like, wow, <laughs> he's like surrounded. It's like, well, what are they going to do? They're going to take him in or what? You know? Police story two. And then uh, we got uh, police story three, super cop with the great Michelle Yeoh. So we'll be watching all of that stuff. So get excited about that right stuff, on. guys. Get super excited. Cool. Let's rank this one. Justine, you still don't know how to feel about it, but hopefully we've crystallized our feelings for you or your feelings for you. <laughs> What do you think? Where, where are you giving this? What, what are you giving this guy? What I would give it an eight. Wow. Oh. Wow. Not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> Jake? I give it, uh, I'll give it an eight, too. Yeah, there oh, you go. There you go. John, what do you say? Yeah, I give it an eight because um, so far this is, the, this is just about the best uh, action movie I've seen. Nice, John. Nice. That's good. That's high praise, my friend. High praise. I give it an eight also. I'll go we'll go straight eights. Eights across. We'll go four of a kind. Four we'll go a thirty two. This movie gets a thirty two. How about that? That's not bad. Sounds good. Right? Put that down in your little book. What movie's that from? Is somebody is somebody snorting Coke? (laughs) No, I think Jake's got his mic on, his shirt on. He's got to take his shirt off. Just a little coke. He's got to do. His, right, let me take it off. He's got to do his shirts versus skins. <laughs> the pants are off, and you need to take the shirt off. Yeah, no, yeah, get right. get go get okay. comfy, man. Get completely comfortable. Okay. All right. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, he did take his shirt off. It's just a tearaway. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tearaway. Yeah. What if he was wearing a tearaway shirt just in case Sandy wanted to? If it was ready. <laughs> in case Sandy wanted, uh, you know, just to see what was going on. Uh, yeah, but man. I, I still, I still hear it. Somebody's like snorting something. I still hear it. Snorting. No, it's it's the mic stop. rubbing across the. Somebody's got a, a ear mic, one of the dangling. Let me. It's it's. Uh, hold on, let uh, me. Is oh, it you, let Justine? Try, let me adjust. You can it's be probably remember. me because I can't hear anything. Is it me? Is it you, Justine? What are you wearing? Not, <laughs> nope, not, not in that way. Now. Not in that way. <laughs> nice, nice. Better, better now. Wait, listen, when Patrick's not here. Yes. Oh yeah, there it is. Much better. Yeah, there it is. Better gone? Yes. No. Oh, I hear it uh, a little bit. It just kind of went back. Do that. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, do that. Do that. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Do that. Okay. Do it. Perfect. Do it. Got do it. it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Just, yeah I, let's, let's use the cone of silence. That's it. We um, have to, Mac. Man, we could use that for the virus right now. I could. I wish I could. That's be Edward it. Platt's finest moment. <sighs> let's use the cone of silence. Do we have to, Max? <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh yes. Good old Ed Platt. We Ed, uh, Ed, the Ed Platt. We remember him as the lawyer in uh, North by Northwest on this podcast. Uh, That's right. More, more, best straight, best straight man in the business. Most, uh, who do you who do you prefer as a straight man? Do you prefer Edward Platt or do you prefer uh, a Lou Costello? Oh, no, oh, you mean Bud Abbott? I'm sorry, Bud Abbott. Uh, Bud Abbott's great. Bud Abbott's great. He's you know not- who Groucho thought was the best straight man he'd ever seen was Dan Rowan. Oh, really? Yeah, he said that he, they were both on a Dick Cavett show, and he turned to him and he said, you know, I think you might be the best straight man I've ever seen. And Dan Rowan was, like, speechless. He's like, oh, my God, thank you, Groucho. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, he's seen a lot of straight men in his life. You know? <laughs> what about uh, what about a Smothers, one of the Smothers? What about a Tom Smothers? 
Oh yeah, yeah, he's great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dick Smothers. All right. Oh, not Tom. Yeah. Tom <laughs> All right, guys. Let's, enough about the Smothers Brothers, guys. We're going to talk about some important. <laughs> We're going to talk about world cinema. We're going to talk about one of the greatest directors of all time. We're going to talk about one of his few color films. We're going to talk about his adapt. This, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff right now. Will we like it? Won't we like it? That's where we're going with this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about a character of <clears throat> uh what, what were you going to say, John? I'm just laughing because it was quite a buildup. Will we like it? Will we not like it? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out what the kids had to say about uh, this uh, 1980s uh, world cinema classic, Ron, uh, directed by Akira Kurosawa. Uh, give us the breakdown, Jake. Uh, Ron, directed by Akira Kurosawa. Uh, it's December 20th, USA, but this... Oh, June. Okay, yeah, released December 20th, 1985, USA. Uh, budget of $12 million, netting a world uh, worldwide gross of $19 million. Alrighty. Let's talk about it. Who would like to start with this one? Let's go... Let's start with Jake on this time. Let's start uh, with Jicky Jake. That's your name, Jicky Jake. Uh, Jicky Jake, mm-hmm. what did you think of this one, man? Give us your thoughts. So I, I haven't seen this movie. Neither have I seen or read anything regarding King Lear. So mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was really great. You see, um, yeah, Hidetora on his last legs and divvies up his or divvies up his uh, his land and all his worth amongst his kids and uh, shit hits the fan. <laughs> So the way, so the way this the way this differs is King Lear uh, has three daughters and uh, he decides mm-hmm. same thing same story he divvies up the land and then it, it plays out a little differently but the the idea that he um, uh, it's the idea that the king goes mad because of you know he sees how his how the children kind of turn turn on him sort of a thing and. Um, and uh, in the original was daughters. Now there was a legend of uh, I, f- I forget there was an emperor who had three loyal sons, and so Kurosawa thought I'll flip that story in reverse. Like what if they had been, what if they had betrayed their father? How would that how would that play out? And then the idea of having you know King Lear, you know the the idea of going mad from everything kind of came to him. I guess as he had already started production, but he had this film. Um, in, he had an idea for this film, like going back to the seventies, and so it took him years to get the financing and get everything to to get it together. But I feel like it was you know worth the wait when you see what what it looks like and everything. But I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh you. yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jake. So you so you had no so was this your first Kurosawa film as well? Yeah, this is my first Kurosawa. Wow, that's not a bad place to start. Uh, and so no, it's great. Yeah, so you looking at it from like a you know from an obviously very different. Uh, sensibility, you know, you have like you know a very different, you know, you have this Eastern Japanese sensibility about everything. Um, like, what were you most drawn to? Were you most when you were watching this? Um, I was actually super interested in uh, Lady Kaede. Oh yeah, yeah. Kaede. <laughs> and oh my god, she is so she's such a badass. Yes, she marries marries uh, Jiro. Right? Yep. The, yep. 
or, or with Sue was married to Jiro, and then she kind of gets her killed in order to take over, and then just brings everything down with her, and it's so great. Just because um, Hidetora killed her, whole, basically her whole family. Yeah, it's weird. You don't took over her their land. You don't quite know who to root for because you you, you think at first, okay, the, you know, the king's a simp- kind of a sympathetic character, but you realize what he's done in his life, and he does, he realizes it too, right? You're kind of rooting for you know you don't know who you want to win really. It's kind of like a very it's very Game of Thrones in that even the people that and are it supposed keeps getting brought up with. Uh, it keeps getting brought up with uh, Lady Sue and Surumaro every time he sees them or hears mention of them. It's like it all gets kind of brought back to them. Yeah, and those are the only really two good, good, you know, ostensibly good characters. You know what I mean? In the in you know because Sue's family suffered at the hands of Hidetora as well, and and her brother especially. But she doesn't quite go the route that uh, that Lady Kaeda does. You know. Um, but, uh, you're, you're kind of like, wow, she really pulled it off at the end because <laughs> she comes into it so late, really, you know, you know, she comes into the movie, not late, but it's a lot has happened by the time you get to her character. And then you mm-hmm. realize that she's really the one kind of making it all happen. You're like, wow, that's really great. Um, but- and then she says, she says, I've, I've done everything I set out to do. So. Do, do your worst, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've already, I've already done what I wanted, so feel free. Yeah, feel free that, to kill me. That was uh, that was. There's a lot of really powerful moments in this uh, in this movie, um, and a lot of build up to, um, uh, like, just well, what am I trying to say? There's a lot of build up to these. It, it kind of doesn't have. It has a few points where you could say it could logically the movie could be done and then you're like oh no it's we're still going but then something else comes out you're like wow i was not expecting this or you know it's one of those movies where there's a lot of highs and lows but it doesn't feel to me doesn't feel overly long you know it felt like i was like wow it's heavy but at the same time it's like i was entertained the whole time uh watching it uh so i'm glad you like it i even love all the side characters even the side characters are great um tongo and kaiwami Mm mm-hmm yep we're both great too. Uh, Kaiwami had a great line. It was it was uh, in a mad world. In the sekai, they walk ichigai dake ga shoku this. In a mad world, only madness is safe. That's that's that is a, that is the line that that I that struck me. In a mad world, only the mad are sane. That's like wow. That's mm-hmm. that's a great line um, in any language. And uh, coming from like the court jester. Yeah, but, you know, in the in, you know, and traditionally the jesters always you know kind of a. Uh, you know, in Shakespeare, a lot of times, you know, the funny characters always tend to have that wisdom, and that is true in this movie too. You know, in this in this case, um, he's, like the court jester is the one that can speak truth to power because he's that's kind of his job. Yeah, <laughs> to like say whatever pops into his head. Yeah, and he, you know, there are times where he tells Hidetora, like, yeah, you, you, of course, you know, you fool, like you're a fool, like you're the one that gave away the castle. Like, what did you expect? What did you think was going to happen? You know. Um, I now love that was um, that that is from King Lear, right? The the court jester is the only one that sticks with him in King Lear. Yeah, I think somebody, and then there's there is another person with him, but I can't remember who it is. Um, I should have I should have brushed like that's the part. Yeah, I know that he has much more of a part in this in this version than he does in the original play, but 
but he does stick with it. Yeah. He does have a loyal contingent that stays with him. I think he has like a hundred knights. And then you saw what happened to the warriors and all that um, in the scene with the with the castle burning down. Uh, let's go over. Yeah. Let's get. Let's go over to Justine. Justine, I'm very curious as to what you thought of this one. What did you think? Uh, when I saw how long it was, I'm like, all oh, right. <laughs> We're going to prep for this. We're going for some Lawrence of Arabia style stuff here. Yeah. And yeah. Then I saw Big bowl of popcorn. I'm like, all right, let's prep. Let's stretch <laughs> this out. All right, let's go. Yeah. Did you watch it in one sitting? Yeah. The beginning like really dragged for me. Like I was, I ended up calling Patrick and I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. This is like <laughs> kind of boring me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just. It's just that, I mean, I mean, if it was like an American movie, it would have been probably at a table and they're all sitting there talking, but like they were outdoors, so it was beautiful, but I just got kind of bored listening to the story of them, like figuring this out. Then when the dad fell asleep, I'm like, yeah, man, me too. Um, <laughs> you gotta but, set it up. You gotta set up the, all the K, all the crazy. Yeah. But I mean, it was, then when I saw like what was happening, I'm like, all right, I can see where this is going. Um, I can see what's going to happen, but the story, I didn't realize it would be about a dad, um, pretty much losing what you guys were saying, like losing control of their kids, his kids, and then asking for forgiveness later, especially for that youngest one. I forgot his name. Uh, right? Um, Saburo. Saburo. Yeah. Oh yeah. I kept saying Subaru. Um, yeah, I thought for sure, like, like that just that broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, because he's the only one that tells his dad, like, you know, we're we're not going to last without you. You know what I mean? Like, the, your your story about the th- he gives them the three arrows. You know, they do that story. Like, you'll be strong together. He's like, no, it's not. Like we're not going to be strong together. We don't. We don't even like each other. And he gets banished for it. Yet he's the only one that's loyal to his dad and comes looking for him. You know, it's this whole thing where he risks everything to come looking for his dad. You know. And, uh, I do like like um, the things that happened, especially with loyalty between some of the people that followed. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was pretty cool to see, especially with the jester following um, um, the dad the whole time. And and Tango. Yeah, and I love when love the girl when they asked the girl to get Sue's head, and that guy's like. He's telling him, like, no, not after some limb, blah, blah, blah. And, like, tells him to his face. I'm like, dang, you're going to get killed right now. <laughs> but see, that's Kurogane. That tells he you doesn't. that tells you that they knew he was weak. Like, they knew he was a weak leader, you know? Yeah. And they knew he would be manipulated by, um, well, it was his sister in law at one point, but they, you know, they, um, you know, they knew. But that scene where she freaking. Um, where she comes up and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, allow me to apologize. Here's the helmet. And then she freaking flip. She turns on him. That scene is so awesome when she just gets all yeah. crazy. <laughs> she just does that crazy laugh and she's got the knife and she's like cutting his throat, like, you know, like slicing at him. Uh, that is a great scene. Um, I like to see. She also reminded me of Cersei, and she's like, don't they have a lot of salt there? I'm like, whoa, what is she getting at? I'm yeah. trying to figure out what it was. Yeah. I'm like, dang. And she's the one. She she knows that he won't order it, or she knows that he already said no, and she says it. Like, she, like that yeah. shows you that she knows what's going on. 
yeah. you know, she well, she, she knew, was right there too. Was she, knew, she knew her husband was weak and was going to be like, oh, by the way, is there salt there? When you bring the head, make sure you salt it. You know. Yeah, and I didn't quite understand why he would give up everything for this girl. Like, I don't know. It was kind of weird. I'm like, you don't really love her. What's the point in because her? Because she knows. Yeah, because she, she knew that he was sent them to kill his brother. Yeah. yeah. And he was too weak to uh but the, I love the scene where the he comes back with the with the head and it's the fox. Yeah. <laughs> the fox <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was good. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. Um So he's all be careful, my lord, because they're right there. <laughs> 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 She's sitting right there. Yeah, the the beginning once you get into the once the the family that that her first 20 minutes can be very difficult. I remember having a difficult time having to start this movie when I first watched it many years ago. I had to kind of start it a couple of times and get past that point. And then once you get you get past that initial opening. When you go back and watch it again once you know the characters then you're like, "Oh, okay, I see. You know, you see everything kind of plays out." But uh, they don't wait too long to get the betrayal and everything going, you know. It's not too long before, you know, they're kicking, you know, dad yeah. out of the castle. And you just have to get out of that. Yeah, the part. beginning. There's too much. Well, there's just a, there's a, there's a lot of characters to keep track of. And that's hard, too, when you're speaking a foreign language, you know, because you're, you're, you're trying to pay attention to what they're saying. And then you're not necessarily paying attention to who's saying it sometimes. So that can be... A, Kind you of need a, a score. It's almost like you need a scorecard, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, oh yeah, this guy's aligned with this guy. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. Yep, you need yep. a scorecard sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot of political intrigue in this one. What were you going to say, Justine? I'm sorry. Uh, I don't remember anymore. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Uh, Please forgive know. me, Lady Kaida. I don't know. Probably wasn't important. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't pull a knife on me. Did you enjoy the visual? Did you enjoy the visuals of the? Of the movie, just oh, that's what I was gonna say. His like style of um, filming is kind of he likes to film from far away. I mm-hmm. guess is what you would say. Like yeah. he's just not up close to them. Like he does it every now and then when it's important, but otherwise, a lot of the dialogue like happens. The camera just you feel so far away. <laughs> yeah, a lot of wide okay. shots, a lot of medium, yeah. and a lot of cuts. Like if he wants to come in on something he doesn't necessarily zoom he'll jump to it he'll like do a jump cut you know yeah um mm-hmm. so yeah he he was kurosawa did a lot of his own editing and so there are movies where he does a lot of close-ups and this one he doesn't and i think that has a lot to do with maybe trying to convey the distance that the family feels like you know what i mean like the the distance yeah. that they, to me that's why i always i always feel like that's you know because there's an emotional distance maybe but uh, I love the whole. The, I love that the only two characters that are kind of good that you're kind of rooting for end up like tragic. You know what I mean? The brother and sister. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the, when she left, I'm like, "Don't leave. We already know what's going to happen if you leave." Don't it's like you're going to leave a blind. You're going to leave a blind guy on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> but he wasn't alone. Yeah. He had Buddha with him, and that's that was the, right. that was the beauty. But he dropped, he, yeah, but he dropped Buddha. Oh, so now what does he get? Man, that is heartbreaking. Um, I'm I'm really glad that you you stuck with it, Justine. I think you. Uh, I'm really glad that you uh, that you stuck with it because I think that 
it, if you, it's what for me, it's a movie I hadn't watched it in a long time, and I watched it a couple mm. of days ago. and I've been thinking about it, like I've been thinking about certain shots in my head, like where I'm like, oh, dude, like when he's coming out of the the when he snaps and he realizes, like he goes to try to kill himself and he can't, right? And he's so it's like he now he's ashamed that he can't kill himself, and uh, and then he just walks out of the castle and it's burning in the like they like. Like this, like the the, the the sea of humanity parts, and you just see him walking towards the camera with the castle burning in the background. That's such a crazy, you know, it's such a well constructed scene. But in my head, I'm like, I keep playing it over and over. Just that look. That's that, that look on his face is me every time the Dodgers get close to winning the World Series and just can't do it. That's that's the look I have on my face. Uh, John, what did you think, my man? Yeah. Um- when this came out back in 85, I think we drove out to Westwood to see it. We all went to go see this on the big and on the big screen. It was really a knockout, but um, I had never, this is the only Kurosawa I've ever seen. So it really makes me want to see everything else. You know? Um, yeah. It's just such a knockout. And uh, it does help a little bit if you know the King Lear story, but um, I don't know. There's just so many, so many shots that stay with you. And um the thing, uh, the way that they killed uh, the sound and just went with pure soundtrack. Oh, uh, during like a during the, the attack fight? on the castle when you got yeah. everybody just dropping with spears and and um, and arrows in their head and all that and all around they just kill all the sound and all you're getting is the music and that really makes you feel like you're just seeing like a hellscape. Yeah, but it's just this <laughs> hell on earth. And then at some point there's like a gunshot and it goes back. They put the sound back in, and it just sort of like jolts you awake <laughs> to what's going on. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Definitely a master uh, of, no. of visual storytelling, where you don't need the, you know, you need very little in the way of, yeah. of any sort of, uh, you know, accoutrements or sound effects or anything like that. A lot of those shots uh, feel like what David Lean does—the long shots, where he just puts the camera there and just takes it all in mm-hmm. so even if you've got figures sort of like out in the distance you're just sort of like it's one way to figure out how vast the uh the landscape is you know yeah and i think and, uh, i think for me house. being a you know this being shot in japan you know a place i've never been some of those vistas and some of that stuff is interesting because you're looking he knows how to frame it so that you're looking at the people but you're also looking around you're, you're looking around the frame to see, you know, kind of take all the scenery in there. Sometimes it's just a shot of the sky or something, you know, some clouds. Yeah. You know, um, he'll just. Yeah, like he, he kind of ties it all together. Those early scenes where you're looking at the clouds. Mm-hmm. And then it all ties into that last shot where he's dying and he's looking up there and he goes, look at the sky. You know, just look at that. You know, has it ever. <laughs> he's like marveling the sky before, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, he felt, what does he say? I think he, he feels like he's already died. He says, am I in paradise? Am I, am I in the next world? You know, yeah. That's just uh, that last, it's just devastating that he finally makes his peace with his, uh, with the one loyal son. And, you know, they're sitting on horseback and he's saying, there's so many things I want to tell you. There's so many things I want to say to you. And then he gets shot. And you just go, God, this is just <laughs> so tragic. Yeah. So awful. It's, it's a tragedy for everyone involved, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole thing, I mean, whatever, whatever part of King Lear that this is uh, using, it feels every bit 
as uh, heavy as sitting through any any production of King Lear. You know, sure, sure. It just uh, it just blows you away. Uh, yeah, if you like that, and, I, w- I would suggest watching Throne of Blood, which is where he takes on Macbeth, and uh, yeah, does, does it in a very uh, very traditional Japanese way, but very gr- and another great ending, another really great uh, ending. Uh, famously, has uh, Toshiro Mifune getting arrows shot at him. Um, hundreds of arrows, uh, so it's a really, really uh, harrowing sequence. But if you get a chance, check that out. But yeah, um, this one, John, is just... Uh, uh, go ahead, John, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, that's the, the sequence that really sticks in my mind is the one that sticked in your mind. The uh, Him leaving the burning castle with just all this chaos behind him and mm-hmm. how they just sort of part. As he's walking down the stairs, they all sort of part. <laughs> like yeah. to see his parting in front of him, and then they just let him walk off. Nobody tries to kill him. They just let him walk off into the into the wilderness. You know, you know what? What I really noticed. Keep thinking somebody's going to just take him out. Yeah, no. He, he figured they figure he's been dishonored. You know what? What can he do? He's harmless now. You know he can't hurt anyone. Doesn't have any. He's mad. Yeah, he's mad, and he's going to go wandering in the forest. What could he do to anybody? You know. Uh, one thing I was noticing this time around, and noticing. Kurosawa's shooting in color, I was really taken with the costumes, uh, the colors he uses, um, you know, the color palettes, um, you know, a lot of reds, a lot of stuff like, you know, the soldiers all had different banners, the way the soldiers moved across the field. But just in those quiet moments, like in the castle, like when it's the lady and, and the son, like a lot of their costumes, I was noticing, like they really, they spared no expense. It looks as realistic as you're going to get it to look, you know. Yeah. You're not going to get a more yeah. realistic looking period piece. And I think we sometimes forget that foreign films do period pieces as well. And this, you have to put this up there with one of the all time, as one of the all time great period pieces because there's nothing out of place. Everything looks like it could be, you know, feudal Japan. And also, you wonder, God, how much this must have cost because those are all real people. You know what I mean? That's, not, that's pre CGI. That's, hundreds probably thousands of extras and soldiers and you just marvel at how he was able to choreograph all of that that's a hell of a lot of people yeah to get moving the way you want them to move and so i'd say that matches anything you see in like spartacus or uh ben-hur you know sure of course um, yeah it just it's just mind-blowing uh the the time and expense it must have taken to do all those battle scenes at the end with You've got like what? You got like five different armies. You sure, know? yeah. I was just amazed at all those guys just taking the bounce off the horses, just falling off the yeah. horses at full speed, and just uh, it's like, hey, this yeah. is like this is like uh, Jackie Chan would be proud of this. Um, yeah, but- how many stuntmen? You know, I should have watched at the end. That's got to be hundreds of stuntmen just falling off of horses. You That's know? crazy. And then all those guys, you have all those muskets to build and all that stuff, and. Uh, uh, yeah. All those costumes, everybody, all the armor, all that stuff is just insane. Um, the amount of detail. What you think of that scene when they're all firing those muskets from the forest? That's insane. The way, the way that looked, it looked yeah. like a painting. Yeah. The, the, uh, it's like dusk and you see the light coming out of the muskets as they're firing. And the way they just all collapse, they're like sitting ducks. You it know just what? looked like something out of... It kind of reminded me of uh, of Barry Lyndon. It looks like a painting, you know. You know what's funny in all of the Japanese movies, and you find this going back to like the sixties, uh, even in the Godzilla movies, the guns they use they use like a real the, the guns fire this really red, almost like a flare effect. Uh, 
Um, and it's it's unique to Japanese movies. I, I don't know if they they do it so to look better on the screen or whatever. Um, but they all have this partic- peculiar, like really red gun. Uh, you know, like you know, like America. You watch James Bond movies from the same. Era. Sorry, Justine. And it, you shoot, and it's like a puff of smoke. <laughs> you know, you might get like a flash, but the you know, the Japanese are it's really red, and you really see the contrast when they're stuck in the forest of those red flashes as the you know they're going through the forest. It looked really, really amazing. Yeah, you're right, John. Yeah, that's, that's funny. I love that now. <laughs> You'll have to say, if you'll pardon the expression, a James Bond movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we now have to say that like we have to say that like in parentheses. Like you'll forgive the expression. You'll forgive the expression, Justine. Um, <laughs> so, uh, does this make you guys want to watch any more Kurosawa? Does this is this is this kind of a absolutely curious? Yes. Curious? Yeah. How about you, Justine? How long are these movies? Well. Probably about the same. Some of them, he, you know what? If you're in the, like some of the, some the ones, one that I think you should watch, Justine, for sure, is watch Yojimbo because that's where, first of all, it's, I think it's like a two hour movie, but that's where Leone got the idea for, he remade that as Fistful of Dollars. So I think mm-hmm. that if, if, if I was going to recommend one for you, I would watch that one. Uh, Cause Tashuma Fune yeah. is awesome in it. Um, even more awesome than Clint Eastwood, I would say. And uh, it, it's a great story. It's a scene. He's, he goes into this town. He's a ronin, you know, a samurai with no master. And he goes into this town, and there's two warring families, and he sets them off against each other. And uh, it's, it's you see where he got it for uh, – it's really, really cool. So I would recommend that one because it's a – you know, it's not overly long. None of them are overly long, but like – Seven Samurai is three hours long, you know, and it's in black and white and Japanese, so that might not and be that's one. Obviously, you, that's obviously where they got the uh, Magnificent Seven from, right? For, yeah, Seven Samurai, yeah, for sure. That was a yeah. straight-up remake of that one. So eventually we'll watch that one. So it seems, like, it seems like all the big Hollywood directors knew all about Kurosawa going back, you know? Oh, sure. And you know what's funny? He was a huge John Ford fan. He was a huge John wow. Ford fan. Uh, he loved he he loved American westerns. So when you watch the last scene of Yojimbo, it's set up like High Noon. It's set up like any of these other American westerns, where you know he's walking down the street and everybody's walking towards him, and it's a duel. You know, yeah. And uh, so yeah, he was a huge he was hugely influenced by John Ford. So it's kind of crazy how, how it's circular. You know, uh, so Leone. Leone doing Kurosawa doing Ford. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, you yeah. know, but um, yeah. yeah, I would, I would definitely, Jake. You, you would be pretty much. I think you would be happy with any of the fifties or sixties um, Kurosawa movies. Any of them. I I got excited when the dad shoot, like when they're going after the jester and he um, takes the bow and arrow and shoots that guy. That's coming after. Oh that. yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It does that zoom in on Him. his face, and it plays like a whistle, like a sound. Yeah, it sounded like um, it sounded like the Clint Eastwood movie, like Sorry, a flute. Bro. Like it was like a it was like a flute. Yeah, like from traditional I was Japanese like, Whoa. cinema. <laughs> yeah, I got excited. I was like, oh shit, where's Clint Eastwood? <laughs> what they should have done, they should have shown like Charles Bronson playing the flute in the corner. You know? <laughs> <laughs> also, the jester's a man. Also, yeah, yeah, that is. People uh, don't know that it was a guy, or did you think it was a girl? He's just effeminate. He just has a little little top knot. 
There's a lot of great characters. There's a lot of great characters in this. There's a lot of, uh, you know, it's amazing to see uh, how it all plays out. And it's just got a. This movie has a particular feel to it. You know, it's it's kind of. There's not a lot of, especially in the battle scenes where it's kind of smoky and gray and very, like. There's a lot of, um, you know, he uses. Kurosawa knows how to use those colors. For for a guy that shot most of his movies in black and white. Um, you know, he really knew how to use the colors. So, yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. You know, it's like some of it, like you said, John, a lot of it's like, it looks like a painting. So, um, yeah, really, 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 really. cool. Uh, yeah, you know, this is probably our, this is probably going to be our most challenging movie of the 80s, but uh, it's one that I really like. And um, I had only seen it a couple of times before, and uh, I hadn't watched it in probably a good 10 years, but it was five bucks on Voodoo. So I was like, you know what? I'll buy that. Before we ever did the Digital Movie Club, I'll buy it. And I had not got around to watching it, so I'm glad I watched it for this. So let's go ahead and start ranking uh, Ron. Uh, let's go with, let's start with uh, Justine. Seven. Justine's going to give it a seven. Uh, Jake? I give it a nine. Jake's going to give it a nine. All right, John? Yeah, it's a solid nine. Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine as well. Um, I give it a nine. Uh, you know, is it? It's not my. It's not my favorite Curse Hour movie, but I lo- I do love it, and I love the way it, it plays out. Um, and uh, again, just if you just want to, if you're going to watch one Curse Hour movie, I would say watch this one just because it's the most accessible. Because even though the story's a little, you know, con- you know, there's a lot a lot of characters. It's a beautiful movie to just look at if you want to just. Put something yeah. on your TV on the big screen and go, wow, this looks amazing. Um, I would say that is the way to go. So do we uh Justine, do you have a list for next week? What we're what we're watching yeah, next week? Yeah, you have Spies Like Us in mm-hmm. Brazil. Oh, okay. That's a good week coming up. Spies Like Us and Brazil. Brazil. What do you think of that, yeah, John? Howard the Duck coming up. <laughs> uh, <then you> have... <laughs> Just okay, remember that. Other four after that too. What do you think of that, John? What do you think of that double feature? Oh God, I love Brazil. Although I'll tell you, I probably haven't seen it in a good ten years, so I, I'm wondering how it's going to hold up. Question: Yes, is Spies Like Us a James Bond movie? No, it. Comedy. Let me tell you this: oh, it's Chevy okay. Chase comedy. It star- I thought you were tricking me because it doesn't say anything in there. It stars Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, so you take that as you oh. as you will. Chevy Chase it plays James Bond in one film. It's like yes. Oh, um, if you guys get a chance to on YouTube, Josh Gad did another reunion for the Splash film, and it was pretty good to watch. Was John Candy oh, in wow. it? No, he wasn't. Okay, the, the late John Candy. No, <laughs> was the was Eugene no, Levy in it? He got yes, he was. Awesome. Yay! Uh, Daryl was there. Tom Hanks. Uh, Ron Howard. Their writer. I forgot his name. Brian, I think. Uh, uh, Lowell Gans. Oh, Brian. Um, uh Brian. Who was Brian Grazer? Maybe? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Brian Grazer. Mm-hmm. And then the two writers. And- Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, probably. Yeah, they were talking about it. Because you know he's been doing reunions of the movies we've watched so far, right? That is awesome. Yeah, what else has he done? What he else has he done? He did The Goonies. He did Back to the Future. Um, 
The Goonies one was really good. I like the Goonies one he did. What if Josh Gad is listening to the podcast? <laughs> it seems like it. And just going, hey. It sure seems like it. We'll know if he does a reunion of the cast of Ron if he's listening. This is our test right here. <laughs> yeah. We got all 50 of them together. Yeah, and, uh, I was just surprised he did Splash. That's not too popular. And he did it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, you know, people, of a, cer- people of a certain age, my age, it's not a, you know what it is? It's not a beloved 80s teen movie, but a lot of people remember it, you know? So I think it's people of a certain age. Go, it's like uh, his first one was The Goonies. Then he did Back to the Future. And then he did, um, oh shoot, there's one more I'm missing. What did I say to you guys? You said the Goonies? I don't remember. You said Back to the Future. The Goonies, Back to the Future. Splash. There's another one, and then he did Splash. But they're big movies, and he does Splash. Splash was huge. <laughs> well, but that at the time it came out, it was very big. It might have been like one of the biggest movies of the year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely huge. It's definitely a big, uh, big, big, but big, big hit. It was like... Like oh, he did um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. See, Jake can wow. watch that, that one. Bit, it, in the middle there. <laughs> how many? How many people did he get from Lord of the Rings? Uh, he gets everyone. Like he gets everyone that was part of it. <laughs> Ian McKellen was Ian McKellen there. Uh, yeah. Oh, we lost. We lost somebody. We lost. We lost Handsome Dan. Oh no! Here, let me send him a quick invite. We're going to wrap it up anyway. But so next week we're going to watch the old um, uh, spies like us, one of John's favorites, Brazil. In Brazil, which I don't want to tell you anything about. I want it to be. A sp- I don't know anything. I didn't even know spies like us was a comedy until now. Uh, well, it's not really a comedy. It'll be a surprise. It's one of the more serious movies. Are we losing that Aykroyd and? Chevy Chase made. I mean, they meant to make a comedy. It's uh, it's John Landis, so you'll kind of gives you a hint. You'll love it. You'll laugh until you stop. You okay, Justine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you so doing? Pon- so ponderous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, Lord of the Rings will show this Sunday. Oh, nice. Oh, good. Yeah. Where can we catch that? On YouTube. On what? All right. On YouTube. There it is. Well, we lost. We we lost. Orlando Bloom. Oh, Orlando Bloom? Um, Yes, they did get Sir Ian. He is there. Great. Great. I'm going to definitely check that out. There you go. That means Patrick Stewart will be lurking around somewhere. When they, Sorry, did, well, they're, um, they're when they did Back to the Future, they they had the guy that did Power of Love. <laughs> you mean oh, Huey, Huey Lewis? Lewis? Yeah, he was there. Wow. That's great. You should watch it, Mario. What do you mean the guy that did You're talking about Huey Lewis. That is 80s radio royalty, Huey Lewis. You mean and the guy who did guy uh, who Working for a Living? Yeah, <laughs> they're the taking guy. what they're given because they're working for a living, John. Uh, by the way, Justine, if you haven't, you should listen to Questlove from the Roots does a podcast, and he had Huey Lewis on. Huey Lewis was fantastic. He's a fantastic guest. 
he had a lot of great stories, really good stories. So look that up. Mm. Yep. <laughs> You're like, yep. Mm-hmm. So you should watch it. Yep. Uh, I have mm-hmm. a story to tell you about Huey Lewis, but I need to tell you off the air. It can't be aired. Okay. okay. Did you meet him? No. No, no, no. It's an off-color. Like he'd be a nice guy. It's an off-color story. He, he was great, John. I think you'd really like that interview with him because uh, he talks about just coming up. You know what? Um, I saw I saw him doing an interview at Amoeba. They they do a thing called "What's in Your Bag." When you're leaving the store, they want to see what you bought, and they did a they do it with celebrities. And they they had one where and you he pulled out the greatest stuff. It was like Ray Charles. I think it was Louis Armstrong sings Fats uh, Waller. He yeah, the most incredible taste. He no. he does. He's he's a huge fan of all the old R and B, and I mean, he's like he he knows a lot of stuff, and uh, it's really he's, cool because he, he seems like a. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Yeah, what are you guys talking no, about? No, just think, he seems like a great guy, but I've always been bored of his music. But he seems like a great guy. <laughs> uh, like Huey guy. Yeah, Huey Lewis. That's just like me when I watch uh, when I watch all the 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 what's his name from um, oh the guy from. Frickin' uh, Hall and Oates, and they have oh right Daryl Hall, yeah, yeah. And they have the they have the show <laughs> from his house where he jams with different. Me- I'm always like, this guy's so great, like he's a great storyteller, everything. Why do his, his music just bores me though? You know what I mean? It's the same thing, right? You know, right. you're like, oh, he's he's you have to get your <laughs> he's an awesome guy. It's like Justine giving yeah. Casablanca seven because of. I just looked at his picture right now. Who's that? It's so big. <laughs> what? What? The face? Yes. I'm just. I just walked by because it's laying on my bed because I want Patrick to see it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you send us that picture yet? Can't wait to get that. No, I don't want to compromise the podcast yet. All right. Well, guys, this is a great little show. I'm glad we 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 survived subtitle week, and you know. Dare I say, not only did we survive it, we thrived, guys. We thrived. All right. I don't know why we lost to Handsome Dan at the end. I hope he's okay. But uh, for Justine, for John, for the absent uh, Jake, and for the absent Patrick, we'll have to get his thoughts on the movie next week. Uh, mm-hmm. did, did you did you do you want to give us a hint? Does, do you know uh, how he has he watched? Oh, he hasn't watched Ron yet. Um, he said he hadn't watched. He it hasn't yet. watched that one yet, but he said that it, the Jackie Chan one was fun. It is. So there you go. It's amazing. There you we go. love it. We love. I think it. he's going to rate it pretty high. I think he should, as he should. It's a masterpiece of action. Scene. He probably thinks it's fantastic. Yes, <laughs> that's what we're calling this one. No, we're not. We got to think of a clever name that brings <laughs> the Hong Kong and the Japanese cinema. Together, I got to think of something. Lisa. How about the do run run? Oh, John, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry about that. You know there was a producer in uh, Hong Kong named Run Run Shaw. The Shaw. Brothers. I don't know yeah. if I said it, John, but thanks for the gifts. I feel like you're I was welcome. Too excited, and I was laughing at the other part. I don't know if I I'm, said things. I'm glad you liked it. Does that vinyl have? Uh, if you want to be like my lover, you got to get with my friends. No, that's the first album. This is their second album. Spice John. Worlds. John. Mm-hmm. Right on. Glad you dug it. All right. I totally dig it. Happy birthday, Justine. Did we say happy birthday to you on the air? <laughs> yeah. We did? Did we sing to you? Yep. Oh, we sang. I sang last Monday. I remember that. I remember. Okay. We did. 
I don't have to do it again. Thank God. All right. I love it. No, you already did. You already sang. Yeah, yeah no, please. You did it. Yeah, you did it. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. I, I see what you're doing. There. I see what you're doing. You son of a gun. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Stay safe. Stay healthy. So for everybody, we will say, what do we say? Fight the power. Really, right now, please, fight the power. Yeah. And this transmission ends now.